Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. The ESPN app. Listen to us on the ESPN app anywhere. Probably have it on your phone already. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN. We're asking which quarterback has the most at stake this season. Good morning, fellas. How you doing? Good morning, How fellas. How are you, Max? Fellas? Fellas or fellas? Fellers. Is everything going fellers. good, Max? Yeah, everything's swell, Key. Okay, I'm just <laughs> checking in. Making sure you're handling your business. Well, you know. Key, did you finish? Jay's going to take me to a polo match? I've never been to a polo match. No, but Key's, Key, yeah, yeah, Key's going to take match. you to one. I could tell you anything about the rules. I just yeah. saw a horse running around. <laughs> and them dudes hitting the thing. And How are the drinks when at the polo clap, match? When they clap, I clap. How were the drinks at the polo match? Though? That's what I really want to know. It was wine and champagne, if I can remember. Oh, okay. Mm. Now, but it was other. It was hard liquor, too, but it was a lot of champagne and wine because it was delicate. Everybody's, you know, it was, it was one of them deals, man. Was that in Anti-Oprah? Suckers. Was that in uh, Montecito, Santa Barbara? It was, it was actually Montecito, Santa Barbara, Montecito. Was, I, mean, cool. I remember one time I went to Montecito to see one of my boys, and I was like, man, let me check out some of these homes. I'm like, oh, this looks like a nice little 2,400 square feet little house. What's it? 10 million? What? What? Are, yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, very expensive. Very Ellen DeGeneres. It's very, very expensive in that particular uh, area. Allegedly, Oprah lives there and knocked on the door. When the people and just offered years ago offered the people an extraordinary amount of money for their house, yeah, and that's where apparently Jay, listen, Jay, listen Key uh, Jay is not exposed to this. Oh no, no, to no, this no, upper this crust. You this are a humble working man. No, this, I am, but I I got a chance. I got on the own network. I did. I, a, I got it. I did a show with her, and I sat in the backyard, and I was like, "Oh, this is your, oh, this is the guest house." <laughs> Can you know when you confuse like, "Oh, this your place is incredible." She's like, "Yeah, guest house." You're like, "Oh, get what?" <laughs> Well, what? yeah, that's why I was confused that when I went when I went to Max's place, his getaway, and I was just like, "I've been oh, there, Key." Max's getaway is next. You know? Do you know that a guest? <laughs> yeah, right. You know? You know that a guest house is usually the place you actually want to be. Or like someone who has a pool house, you go hang out in their pool house. You're like, "Man, I would never be anywhere else. I would just be in the <laughs> pool house. I've got a TV in here, a shower, everything you need." Yeah, um, I've I've learned to, to mingle with friends throughout my young age, and you know, you meet people and. They have fabulous homes that you meet and stuff like that. And I know exactly what you are saying, Max. I've been to some people's houses where the little pool house, guest house is, they, I don't need to go in your main house. This <laughs> you is a main this house. This is it. What, what am I, you know. <laughs> this, this is it. So what's been the most impressive part of Serena's U.S. Open run, guys? Like, to me, I think about Kobe's last game. And we were all in L.A. and Key, you were there. It was like, yeah, well, I bet you he drops 30 tonight. No, yo, he might go for 40. Remember, he's playing on one leg toward the end of his career, the whole thing. He's a million years old. He dropped 60. 60. So now it's like, oh, it's Kobe Bryant. No, it is virtually impossible to do that. Serena Williams, at the age of 41. Turning 41. Turning 41. End of September. 
So it's virtually yeah. formula. Um, had kids, the whole thing, hold the longest career, most accomplished, the whole is playing the number two ranked player on earth. She's not supposed to win that match, but she does. Yeah, she, certainly going into it, it looked like she wasn't supposed to win based on the numbers, the rankings, things of that nature, her age, how she struggled here in the last couple of tournaments that she's played in. So everybody automatically assumes, oh, she get through the first round, get through the second round. She's undefeated at the U.S. Open in the first two rounds. She's something like 20. No, she's 40, 41, 42 and 0. 42 and 0. Yeah, 42 and 0. (laughs) So when you look at the odds, I mean, the odds obviously is in her favor regardless of who she's playing against. Um, But it was something, it was a a sight to see from a television standpoint for sure. This is why I think that Serena Williams is falling back in love with the game of tennis. Obviously, there have been challenges with. You know, having her child, which had Olympia, and wanting to potentially have more children. And she's made that pretty evident by saying, you know, we don't ask men how do you balance winning championships and, and being a dad. You know, but we ask women, and they're held to different expectations, right? But the thing that was, to answer your question, Max, about the most astounding thing that I saw was after the match was over last night, she said out loud to the public and to herself, I've already won. And... Watching her, seeing the kind of pressure that she would put on herself in a lot of these other matches and tournaments, it doesn't feel like there's that same pressure that she puts on herself, which is a scary-ass thing for tennis. Because Serena's actually saying, oh, I'm just out here having fun. That's so scary about it, Key. I, I think the best is yet to come for her. Well, I, and that may be the case in this particular tournament. I, I, I don't see her moving on and continuing her career after – the U.S. Open, Why? win or lose. Why? Um, because she's at a point where I think she's been playing long enough. She has nothing else to prove, as she said last night. We want her to get to 24 and 25. That's what we want. She wanted it a couple years ago. But now when you have a child and you have businesses and you have a husband and you have other things that you want to do in life, you can't keep chasing something that may never come because you're going to lose time on things that are already there. And I think that that is what we're going to see. The family part, having, having a child, having another child, I I completely understand, but it, it is fascinating. Just like, you know, peers in this goat conversation, Tom Brady playing mid forties, Brom playing 37, turning 38 year 21 in the league. Serena, like, I don't need to see Serena chase Margaret Court for 24. I just want to see her go out on her own terms. And it just seems like when you love doing something, how do you just let that's hard? In other, just to in let other go words, when if you're she doing it at that level, if she fa- has fallen back in love with it in a in a in a, in a new way or in an old way, then the the Grand Slam wins will come as a as a result of that. And it's not about proving anything key to anyone. It's about if she still loves it, then why not keep playing? Well, I don't she was the one that said, I don't have anything to prove. Not me. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm right. And, and, but I'm saying maybe it's not about her, proving anything. But knowing her and knowing her mission and her family and things like that, she wouldn't allow all the things that celebrating her right now to celebrate her if she wasn't yeah, going yeah, to Yeah, right, right. yeah, right, right. She's not right. setting not, everyone up not, to look. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not setting yeah. Oprah up yeah. to look like, oh, well. Uh, she's going to play 
Australian Open 2023. Like, that's just not. That makes a lot of sense. I just wonder sometimes emotions can take over and you go, you know what? Maybe I, hey. But is, how, she, is she controlling that though, Max? I mean, they did the intro for her again last night. Yeah. Like, I don't think no, Serena's but it's not, asking. It's not, but you can put an end whether, to it. You don't have not, to. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have the control over it. You put a nip, you nip it in the bud, and, and you it's easy to just say, look, guys, thing. you act like I'm retiring. I don't know that I'm doing that yet. Yeah, I, I wonder if, I wonder if at a certain point, if an athlete like that falls back in love with it, if they start to feel pressure, damn, I told everyone I was walking away. I don't know that I want to anymore, but I, I don't also want to be that person who sets everyone up. It's like, I wonder if they, hey, Serena, how did you beat the number two player in the world? This is her with Mary Jo Fernandez. Well, I'm a pretty good player. <laughs> uh, you know, I, this is what I do best. I love a challenge and I'm rising to the challenge. And um, yeah, I haven't played many matches, but I, I've been practicing really well. And my last few matches, it just wasn't coming together. I'm like, but this isn't me. Um, and, you know, the last couple of matches here in New York, it's really come together. Maybe I should have traveled with you all for all those years. <laughs> I do have to tell you guys last night, though, um, watching it, some of the rallies that they had, Key, were, were so incredible. Like, multiple times, rallies that would last for, like, you know, four or five minutes. And Contevit kind of would hit a great shot and win the point, and you would barely hear anybody clap. Barely anybody but when Serena would score a point, that place erupted. It felt more like an NBA arena or more like an NFL arena. I've never heard tennis like that before. That is such a major advantage. No, it is because you got everybody behind you because, again, it, it's anticipated that this is the last night. It's anticipated that this is the last, uh, um, last U.S. Dance. Open that we'll ever see you play. It's much like, Venus and Serena, when was the last time they played doubles together at a major event, right? This is Ten years now, or more. That now, all of a sudden, they're going to play doubles together was the last in the U.S. Played, Open. When was the last time they played doubles? You, you, but when oh, you man. start to follow all of that, it certainly lends itself toward her stepping aside and giving way to some younger people. What, what was the last time they played doubles at the U.S. Open? It's been a minute. I know. It's been a minute. Yeah. Um, a reminder that pre-tournament Serena's odds were fifty to one to win this year's U.S. Open title. Her longest pre-tournament betting odds in her U.S. Open career. She now sits at fourteen to one. Slice that in by two thirds. Fourteen to one. Keyshawn J. Willemax is brought to you by Omega Accounting. If your smaller, medium-sized business is still recovering from the pandemic, Omega Accounting Solutions can help. Call Omega eight hundred seven zero four two thousand. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com to learn how you can get your ERC refund for each employee. There's no time to lose. Uh, guys, guess who is with us now? None other than Hall of Fame offensive tackle Anthony Munoz. Morning, Hall of Famer. What's up, man? Morning, gentlemen. How you guys doing? Anthony, I wanted to ask you real quick. How'd you play in that golf tournament we played together for uh, Jordan Carnett? How'd you do that day? You do well? You know what? I was struggling. I was struggling. And I uh, I hit the ball okay. You okay. know, uh, right. for me, scrambles are crazy because one part of my game's good, the other's crazy, but that's a great thing about a scramble. You know, I was hitting the ball off the tee pretty well. And, uh, you know, 
the, the iron game was kind of left me, but putting pretty good. So two of the three parts of it were okay. So I know you guys killed it. I know you played well. Yeah, we played well, man. Speaking of playing well, let's talk about Joe Burrow and the Bengals for a minute. You guys got O.J. Howard. It's another weapon for them to use offensively. How do you think the Bengals have handled coming off the Super Bowl this past offseason? I think they've, they've impressed me. I think uh, the first thing they do, you know, of course, uh, the weakness they had at the offensive line, which I, I really believe kept them from winning that game, they went out and addressed that right away in free agency by getting Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and, uh, and Collins. You know, so with doing that, I think it allowed them to do – Several things in the draft, and, and uh, so I think in the draft, they, you know, the kid that I just I love watching is Dax Hill, the uh, the safety from Michigan, uh, to get Jesse Bates back in there with Von Bell, uh, you know. So they pick up Dax Hill and then Tyson Anderson, a couple of safeties, they get a couple of defensive linemen to get some depth there. So you know, I like what they've done. You know, they lose uh, Uzama to the Jets, and they go out and get Hayden Hurst. So hopefully, you know, you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned OJ. I mean, hopefully Hayden Hurst can, uh, you know, do what uh, what he was drafted to do, being a number one pick. So I think they attacked it pretty good in uh, addressing some weaknesses. Anthony Munoz, Hall of Fame, Bengals offensive tackle, nine-time first-team All-Pro. Mm. That's nine-time, <laughs> 11-time Pro Bowler, amongst many other awards. Joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. What's happening, Trojan? Key, what's up, man? Fight on, brother. Yes, sir. I love you, it. I love it. How do you think um, the Bengals will handle coming off a Super Bowl loss? Will there be this hangover? Can they compete in the division, or are they still licking their wounds? You know, I, from what I've seen at camp and what I've seen, the, it's hard to say what I've seen in the preseason because it's, no starters have played in the preseason. But what I see at camp, is I see guys that if you look at the way they work, it's like, did these guys go to the Super Bowl and lose? Or are they just getting ready for another run? Because they are, you know, they a lot of times, you know, they you can take guys, you, you can talk the talk, but when you watch guys, it's genuine. I mean, these guys are out there busting it. They're after practice. They're saying, you know, uh, Joe's throwing to the wide receivers and, you know, guys are taking extra passes. So I really think, at least from what I've seen, I think these guys are uh, – are hungry and you know uh, during the the preseason you see the veterans helping the young guys and you know same position guys helping guys so at least all indications of what I've seen um, you know, I think these guys are hungry and, and have been working hard I mean you got guys like T Higgins who had the shoulder last year I tell you what <laughs> he ran by me in camp and I'm thinking is this guy a defensive end or is he a, a wide receiver maybe not a key but he's pretty impressive looking Meantime, O.J. Howard, who was supposed to be the next big thing at tight end out of college and, you know, is not like the superstar pass catcher, but a very good overall player, I think. you think he can have an impact on the offense? Well, I think with what they have, I think the tight end could be a key. You know, I think uh, if he can, you know, come in and contribute, uh, you know, along with the other tight ends, I think uh, that would be a tremendous, adva- you know, advantage for this offense you know, now I feel good about these three linemen. The two interior guys are solid. Kaplan, Karras, you know, keep Collins healthy. So now all of a sudden you throw, you know, the running game with Joe Mixon and uh, Pirine in there. And now you add, you know, a tight end to those three wide receivers they have. I think he could be a factor, a big factor in this offense. Anthony, we were having a conversation before about Aaron Donald and the practice that they had uh, in scrimmage in which he had took off 
two of the Bengals' helmet players, uh, players' helmets, excuse me, and swing them at them. Have you ever experienced anything like that before in in a scrimmage, in a practice? And what do you think? Is that going to have any consequences for Aaron Donald? You know, I personally never experienced that. I never experienced To me, that is just, um, I think that's pathetic. I don't care if you're, you know, one of the all-time greats that's ever played the game or a backup lineman or a backup whatever position. Uh, that There's no room for that. I mean, I can see scuffles, you know, fights taken to the ground. But when you take off, and I don't know if you've seen the, the, the video. On that. I, I wasn't at the practice. There's one practice I wasn't able to make. Uh, but I've seen the video of the velocity that that helmet, the helmets were being, you know, launched. And, what you know, my, my buddy Dave Lapham, who does the, the radio, saw the, when it did hit uh, Cordell Volson's helmet and just the, the compression that uh, it caused when they showed it in slow motion. Uh, you know, there's no... You know, it reminded me back in the day of the Lyle Alzado, Chris Ward, when he took off the helmet and, uh, you know, and, and hit Chris Ward with it. There's no place in this league for that. I mean, it's it's a tough enough league, and we all know it's it's tough enough just playing the game. You don't need to, to use a piece of equipment as a weapon. So, to me, that was uncalled for. Uh, will there be any consequences? I don't know. I mean, I you know, uh, you know, thank God nobody was hurt. You know where they very easily could have been hurt with uh, the velocity that was being uh, launched. So, I uh, just uh, to me in this game, there's no room for for that type. That's just that's lack of self control as far as I'm concerned. See, now I don't know what to think because that was my first reaction was, wait a minute, that's a big deal that he did that. Then he acted like it was no big deal. And Key, you sounded to, you seem to sound like yeah, that can happen. Now I'm hearing from Anthony Munoz, no, that's nuts. I, I don't know no, what to think it, anymore. It 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 is, it is nuts. And, and Munoz is right. It's nuts and somebody could get hurt. But it's not something that is out of the ordinary to me that I, I've seen it so many times in practice that it just – it's fights happen in practice. People take off the helmets. You it, And when you look at it, in games it becomes a little more egregious because it doesn't typically happen in games. And Munoz mentioned – the late uh, Alzado, who played for the Raiders at the time, that took off the helmet and was swinging it and doing those sort of things. Jay, you wouldn't remember that because you were too young. The fights happen, though, in practice all the time. This just happened to be in an inner scarred scrimmage. So, Anthony, do you feel like, like he gets to slide a little in terms of the amount of coverage because he's you know his reputation like we were talking about how Baker Mayfield doesn't even really need to say anything and people say he's run, he's shooting his mouth off cuz he's built that reputation is is Aaron Donald's reputation such that there's enough goodwill that this kind of slides you know what to key's point i played over 20 years of tackle football and not once did i see that in practice so you know maybe we played you know hey, maybe my teams were a lot more disciplined than the teams you you played with but uh you know, I it to me it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you know, you can. There's been a lot of guys that have had a lot of great will, good will, and then all of a sudden they they do one thing, and it, you know, all it takes is one. And of course, you recover from that, and you you know you're forgiven, and you can move on, and that's what it's all about. But to just let it go like nothing happened, uh, I'm not all for that. So, Anthony, considering the way he played last year, winning a Super Bowl, the plays he made down the stretch this kind of reputation that he had, does this change your opinion of Aaron Donald after seeing this incident? 
I mean, not totally. I'm just thinking, I mean, how can someone with that much self-control and play in such a high level not exhibit self-control when it comes to something, you know, a little frustration or whatever? I don't know what happened. We all have been frustrated. We've all been beaten. We've all been, you know, things have happened in practice. And that's, that is why I look at top athletes and say, okay, you have the self-control to train, to be the strongest, the fastest, to play at that highest level. But when it comes to a frustration of somebody in practice, you can't exhibit that same self-control. I mean, and I understand we're all, we're all fallible. We're all, we're none above, you know, making mistakes, but there's a difference between punching a guy or taking a guy down and taking a helmet off and using it. To me, that's a weapon. I mean, that, I mean, that is a weapon when it's, when you, you know, it's strong, is I mean explosive as someone is like he is, uh, but no, it's not it's not taking what he's done. But I'm just I'm just wondering, you know, how can someone at that level do that? The great Anthony Munoz, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you. Thanks, all right, Moot, right on. Thanks, guys. Bye, all, man. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. You can hear us anywhere on the app. Also on your smart speaker, say play ESPN Radio. Are are we sure? That the U.S. Open will, in fact, be Serena's last major tournament. Is she sure? Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app. Take us with you anywhere. Listen live, the ESPN app. You probably have it on your phone already. Renee Stubbs, six-time Grand Slam doubles champ and ESPN tennis analyst, with us now. Good morning. Good morning. So you worked with Serena getting her prepared for the U.S. Open. Please take us through that preparation. 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Serena and I have known each other for a long time, so we've always had a pretty good relationship when it comes to just advice or talking about her tennis. And, um, you know, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a friend. And then she just, uh, you know, we talked a little bit after her Cincinnati loss about some things that I, 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 I suggested. Um, one of them was to practice with some other female players on the tour. I thought she was so lacking in match practice. I mean, literally had only played, I believe, three matches uh, at that point since coming back from injury. So three matches in a year for even the greatest of all time is not easy to, to, to you know, rock up and beat every player on the tour anymore. I mean, so, so I suggested she just practice a little bit more with some other players, um, play some sets against them. And, you know, um, you know, things don't always go your way in practice. You have to problem solve. And she was able to do a lot of that through the week leading into the U.S. Open. And I think that, you know, her greatness now is coming through. As she continues to move forward in round three, how tough, how much tougher as each round goes it will become or will it become easier for her? Well, I think it's a combination, Keishan. I think it's a combination of um, her um, getting through that first round was massive. As I said, she's so, so lacking in match practice that, you know, you just never know what to expect when you, when you have a tremendous amount of nerves and anxiety about a match, which that first round was. A little bit of unknown, and she handled it so beautifully. Uh, she started out nervously, and I think really from that moment of getting through that hump of being down 3-2 in the first set of that first round, she's looked unbelievable. So I think, to answer your question, I think it only gets harder because everybody gets better the deeper into the tournament you go. But for Serena, this is, as she said, it's kind of like a cherry on top. I think getting through that first round and getting a win felt so good, and now she's just, now she's in, now she's in lockdown mode um, emotionally, and she looked great last night. Renee Stubbs, six-time Grand Slam doubles champion and ESPN tennis analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Renee, I, I want to get technical just for a second because she looks mm-hmm. so much quicker on her feet. I Just her ability yeah. to approach yeah. to net, the confidence that she mm-hmm. has in her serve from the beginning. Does, does it feel yeah. like her – and her game is still coming to form, it feels like um, – are we still we're, we're, are we still watching the best player in tennis? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly at, at her very best, we know that she's as as good as anybody on tour right now. It comes down, I, I, you know, your analysis of her movement is definitely spot on. She's moving, you know, the first thing that everybody says to me after she plays, oh my god, she's moving so well. And I think that also comes down to playing matches. When you don't play matches. Even even when you have played a ton of matches and you have a bit of time off, and I mean, Keyshawn, you'll understand this, you sort of lose your timing a little bit on just basic stuff. You, you sort of don't read the ball as well. But when you've been playing a lot of games, all of a sudden that just comes so naturally. So now that she's got her teeth sort of locked into a few matches under her belt, now she's understanding where the angles are. When you hit it here, this is more likely where the ball's going to go. So the matches are super important for her movement because it gets it, which is why it was important for her to practice with girls leading into the tournament because she was seeing a different ball than just her hitting partner's ball. And now, I mean, the serve is always been the the, the dominate the most dominant shot in ten, in tennis's history in women's tennis, but also the fact that. You know, she's winning a lot of points on her first serve, and that gives her a tremendous amount of confidence and also relaxes her in the match because she knows she can get out of trouble with a serve. Renee, so it's all a bit of a combination, but mostly it just matches. How would you even defend her serve? Because the ball come, she lifts the ball in the slot <laughs> exactly the same every time. Listen, if you could tell me, I would have beaten her a couple more times. <laughs> um, but, you know, 
when it's 120 miles an hour and it's hitting the corners, it's really hard to defend against that. And as you said, and I said earlier, it's the most dominant shot we've ever seen in women's tennis. And when it's on, she can beat anybody because it's very difficult to break her. And she proved that again last night. So if the serve's popping and it's winning a free point, you know, the sky's the limit. We'll see. Meantime, you, you, can watch at- her, you can watch her key and Venus tonight playing doubles on ESPN2, yeah, 7 p.m. That's what I was going to ask Renee. I was going to ask her about the doubles and how will that mm. affect tomorrow night in round three, her and Venus tonight playing. Yeah, I think it's great, to be honest. I mean, she'll she'll just do a quick warm-up for the doubles tonight, um, and her and V will get out there and give everybody a show again on CN, um, on uh, 7 o'clock tonight, you know, on Arthur Ashe Stadium. It's going to be awesome. I mean, the fact that ESPN is showing a doubles match shows you how big <laughs> both Venus and Serena are to the story of the Open this year. So it's going to be super fun. She'll be relaxed. She'll have fun with Venus. But... I know the two of them. They're very competitive, and that's how, that's how it's going to go tonight. Renee, this might be an ignorant question, but, um, you know, going to a lot of tennis matches in my life, uh, have, you, <laughs> have you ever seen an environment like you have the last couple of nights within tennis? Like, there's just the kind of uproar of excitement around Serena for every point? No. I mean, this atmosphere from the first moment she walked on the court is something that I – it's just, uh, it's indescribable. I, I've never been in a tennis stadium or an environment like this. Um, certainly in certain finals from time to time, it's been unbelievable. But this, this, it's different. This year is different. The embrace that she's getting and the love she's getting from the crowd. And just, oh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very honored. I'm very honored to be in that stadium watching her play. Renee, my colleagues here, both Jay and Max, seem to have an itch to think that she's playing better, she's falling back in love with the game to a degree, that this may not be the last and final time that we see Serena Williams on a tennis court. Could that be true? No. I'll never say never. She's always a little vague in the old press conference, but I can tell you I've never been more certain in my life that I think this is it. This is definitely I think the, the greatest part about this key is that she knows when she puts her racket down, she's given it 100% every single day. She's had a fabulous time here at the US Open, no matter what happens. She'll never be happy if she loses, but I think she now recognizes that she's had a great tournament and probably has probably even blown her own expectations out of the water with how well she's playing. And I think she'll be super happy to walk away from the game with this performance, no matter what. Now, I was going to ask the same question, uh, Renee you? Stubbs. <laughs> and the reason is, we, as we were talking throughout the show about her and kind of marveling at not just her career, but what she's doing right now, you know, it, it, we started like talking about the idea that while she wouldn't want to set everyone up for a big goodbye and then be like, psych, right? That maybe if, you, if she regains a kind of spark... Of, of interest and is playing really well, maybe she would feel some kind of pressure or something. Like, I've told all these people, essentially, I'm walking away, and maybe now I don't want to. That's why we were kind of musing about it. Is it, is it has she given you any indication that there's anything like that going on? No, absolutely zero indication of that. Um, I think that, yeah, there's going to be a bit of bittersweetness uh, to this, um, but I think this is honestly, this is, I think she probably dreamed that she could have a good run here and be able to walk away really satisfied, not being injured. And, um, and I'm just so excited that, that, you know, she's had these experiences and it's been such a, 
it's been such a positive experience for her here at the US Open because coming in here it was it, it was it was anything but. So I'm just really really happy and pleased for her that she gets to go out of the game um, the way she she wanted to and the way she she should go out. Incredible. Renee Stubbs, ladies and gentlemen, six-time Grand Slam doubles champion and ESPN tennis analyst here on Keyshawn J. Willemax. Thank you, Renee. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Renee. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. I just thought last night watching Serena and Contavit, uh in the second round of the U.S. Open with my daughter, and Tiger Woods was at the game sitting next to Venus, and we get down to the third set and some critical points are coming out. I think it's like four to two. Serena's up in the mat, in the, in the set, and she hits a great point. Tiger gives the – the fist pump, right? And, and Serena was at the fist pump last night. And I was like, man, like there's this whole thing between the PGA Tour and Live Golf. Like, what if the PGA Tour were to rebrand itself with the Tiger Woods fist pump? Would like the way be, they, the uh, NBA should use the Jumpman logo, yes, just give it up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Would that be a good move for where golf needs to be going, Key, with the PGA Tour? How do you feel about the Tiger Woods fist pump being the logo for the PGA Tour? What's the logo now? It's a guy in the middle of a swing. It's <laughs> just a guy it's a swinging guy a club. I, swinging a club, right? Swinging a club, yeah. I don't know. No, no. No? No. Nah. It, it, it would feel forced. Um, just like I feel like if they did anything with Jerry West, it will be forced. I'll just leave it like it is. Just leave it like it is. And I know they had to come up with that logo from somebody many, many years ago too, I'm sure. But it's there. It's already kind of branded. Kind of, though. Right? You know? I, but, but I think the, I think the reason is I find that an interesting question. I may agree with you, Key, in the end, but, but I think because it's an what, interesting what, question because there's, there's something new happening now, which is there's competition, right? I understand, but what's going to happen, too, is everything. every time you look up, 
Should the trophy be named the Bill Belichick, not the Lombardi? Should the the NFL logo go to Tom Brady and the uh, what's the screaming thing when he comes out the tunnel? Let's go or whatever that yeah. deal is. Should that be the case or should you know what I'm saying? Like I know, but that is that is what happens. Great so- athlete. That is it's what happens be, over time. But guys, though. the only thing—the the tour's marketing director at the time, Art West, who named <clears> the there's like this whole mystery between about the silhouette of the PGA Tour logo. Like nobody knows who it is. Key is it Jack Nicholas? Is it you know Ben Hogan? Is it Arnold Palmer? Nobody knows. So like that's the thing. Make it notable with Tiger as the face of golf moving forward, especially the fact that he took sides with the PGA Tour. Hmm. It would be great, but I just don't ever see that particular sport doing that particular thing with that particular person because of the history in that sport. That's just the way I would not. It is Mm -hmm. interesting, though, that we are here at a juncture in the history of golf where there is real competition for the PGA Tour suddenly, and, and from competition, changes do occur, right? What's on the grill this weekend? See? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Summertime, baby. You know what I haven't made all summer? No kebabs this summer. Maybe I might do some kebabs this weekend. I'm not a kebab. Key, I, are you a kebab guy? Not really, I but had, I just haven't I literally, done it. I'm not I literally a kebab just guy. had kebabs the other night from Panini Cafe out here. Mm-hmm. Really? You know Panini Cafe, uh, Max? Yeah, right there on, um, on Santa Monica. Boulevard. Well, I didn't go to the one Santa, Monica. Santa Monica, but yeah, the I one on Little. The, yeah, that was that's yeah. I good. went to the other one. So good, so good. Oh, and also it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg when you get out there. It costs you nothing. No, you and the key, salad, you know what? The, the oh, salad's man. so good. The by the way, salad is ridiculous. If you ever need to cater a thing on not such a big budget, that's the perfect place to use. By oh the way. my God, yeah. Panini Cafe, Jay. Yeah. Oh my God! Okay, note yeah. the self next time. In yeah, yeah. It, they do it perfect. Yeah, I just had. I literally, and I'm not even like I wouldn't necessarily. I don't necessarily uh, eat the tomatoes and the onions all the time. Oh, I do. Yeah, but in yeah. the bell peppers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. But with but with them. Yeah, man. Gone. That, they got that crispy like little salad key. It's perfect. Oh, the salad. <laughs> I know. You know, yeah. the salad. The, I had the Greek salad. I had because I like the Oh, the yeah, of course. Of course. That's I what you do. I had the Greek salad. But I switched up on the dressing. I didn't do the balsamic. I did the the uh, the lime vinaigrette. Always. Always. Yeah. Dude, you just, you singing my tune. That's exact. I mean, all the time. I ate there probably once a week at least. <laughs> or took out or, yeah, you know. <laughs> Just like, We're excited about it, right? <laughs> right, Jay? We all excited. I know, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Because you know why, Key? I'm hungry, man. I'm starving right I'm now. Hungry. That's I'm, what I'm, it is. So good. Hey, Jay, little Santa Monica. Jay is so good. The cubes of chicken. Oh, yeah, the cubes perfect. of chicken. The cubes of chicken. I don't know what, how they, what they do, marinate, how they cook it, whatever. I've never been in their kitchen to see. But when you touch the chicken, it's like touching a soft sponge. It's juicy. Mm. And it's juicy. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Don't do that when we're hungry. So about how about this, though? Start, bench, or cut? Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Key, who you starting? Who you benching? Who you cutting? <sighs> Let me think. And I predict I will have the reverse order from everyone Ooh. else. I'm going to go start Josh Allen. Bench Justin Herbert, and I'm cutting Joe Burrow. I knew it, Jay. I knew it. Listen to me. That is the reasonable, that's the most rational thing to do. Start Josh Allen, bench Justin Herbert, cut Joe Burrow. I get it. But you know what I'm doing, Jay? 
I'm starting Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. I'm benching Justin Herbert, and I'm cutting Josh Allen. Why? Because Josh Allen's great. Don't get me wrong. He is, as I said, a cyborg sent from the future to destroy Patrick Mahomes, right? I'm not sure he <laughs> succeeds, but that's, that's what he plays like. He's ridiculous. I saw Josh Allen evolve step by step. I saw the raw, raw tools get molded, right, in the NFL. Man, so, so he's great. Justin Herbert, to me right now, better than jo- Josh Allen. And he basically hit the league like that. Is, is it because he better traditional quarterback? Is he a better overall player? I think he's a better player. I think he's a better player. I think, I think Justin so Herbert I, I, has one of the see, best, deep, most accurate. Yeah, there's, nothing, there's nothing traditional about Justin Herbert. No, Justin no, Herbert can yeah. run. He can pull the six, ball down. 6'6". Six. Six, six. Yeah, he's a big six, old Keith. tall drink of water. Who's a better athlete, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert? That's a good question, uh, Jay, because I really don't know. Um, it would one would think based on the system Allen, right? that is Josh Allen, but Justin Herbert has shown the ability to move around and do some stuff as well. Um, I think Josh Allen even played baseball before. Yeah, he's a great athlete. I think he played baseball. I'm almost he's a certain football, he played seventy baseball. miles an hour. A football seventy miles an yeah. hour. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so I, I really don't I, – I would probably lean toward Josh Allen. But Justin Herbert, for the quarterback position, you don't have to be the best athlete. No, just, just look at Tom Brady. Justin Herbert is like 6'6 six, six and fast with a great arm and aggregate. And, and I would take – and I, the reason I start Joe Burrow, it's – he got it right. He walks with the mink and the jewelry and, and into the super <laughs> – that, that, a lot of that. But, but also he's the type of dude like, – I think so much of his like clutch ability. The fact is – he had the greatest college season ever, capped it with the greatest championship game ever. First time he had played a full season in the NFL, came one throw away from winning the Super Bowl, right? He, I remember when he lost to Aaron Rodgers. Remember that overtime game, guys, where, where he, he loses to Rodgers? And I was surprised. And I had to stop myself, like, why, why am I surprised that essentially a rookie quarterback is losing an overtime to Aaron Rodgers? He gives me, like the way I was surprised that Matt Stafford came back on Tom Brady. He just, some dudes give me the feeling like not only does their team believe they're the best, the other team believes it too and will get tight when they play them. And, and, and Joe Burrow, for me, is that guy. Hmm. I mean, how much success do you need in such a short time? I don't know. The, 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 I, I, when this question got posed yesterday by Shannon, our incredible producer, I, I really got salty about it because I don't want to have to choose. I, I, these are three like, – these dudes all have something special about them. I, and I get that Justin Herbert will get a chance to see it this year, you know, when they make a playoff run. But damn, Josh Allen is good. And this whole yeah. conversation makes you feel cut, like. Cut, bench, start. What are you doing? Ben, uh, start, bench, cut. Because I got some breaking news for you as soon as you say those words. I, I'm starting Josh Allen. I'm benching Joe Burrow and I'm cutting Justin Herbert. Wow. So we all have different answers. Yeah. But, but these are three great young quarterbacks. Breaking news. You know who's not getting benched or cut? Russell Wilson. Who reached, I know why. He reached a five-year agreement. Now. it's How much? Okay. Do you want the total How or much? the guarantee? I went the, I went the total. And then the I total the is 245. 245 million over five Market years. 170, 170 fully guaranteed. 170 fully guaranteed. 165. 165. Okay. Close. All right. So he gets five more million than Kyler Murray. So he now is tied to Denver for seven total years at $296 million. Okay, Keith, so you know every time breaking news comes out, and we'll get into Russell Wilson, but let's go back to Lamar Jackson. 
It's just okay. Pay me. Pay me. Well, he's well. Russell Wilson's won a Super Bowl and he only got 165 guaranteed. Man, I'm younger than Joe Burrow and I won an MVP. Give me my 250 guaranteed. That's I mean, this ain't hard for Lamar that's a, Jackson. That's a, that's a that's hard. They're recorrecting the market now because Deshaun's deal in Cleveland was an outlier because of the situation in the he's Cleveland basically Browns. a free agent. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're recorrecting the market. Lamar will come in slightly around $200 million fully guaranteed and not a penny above that. I'm saying two fifty. It's not going to happen, Max. I'm saying they got to get fully guaranteed. Too. I'll tell you, and by the way. It, it, it won't happen. It, you know why it won't happen if it doesn't? Because he won't do the thing that you're telling him to do. Which is, which is what? Hold out if they do. If, if even, they if he, even if he doesn't hold out, even if he played the entire season, and they went on and they won the Super Bowl? No, no, I'm saying if he holds out like you're saying, if he actually flexes that muscle, that leverage. They still only going to push him to 200. Listen, I get it that, that, that Deshaun Watson was essentially a free agent in the sense that he was going to go to the highest bidder. So there were other bidders, and that's not well, no, Lamar Jackson. No, no. They, had to, they had to pay a premium, though. To get Deshaun to want to go to Cleveland. That's what I'm saying. So he was going to the highest bidder. It's yes. different because there's only yes. one bidder now in, in yes. Lamar's case. I get that. Man, I, if I'm Lamar, I'm 10 250 I need it fully guaranteed. Not going not gonna, not gonna to happen. You could tell based on Kyler and you could tell based on Russell. Yeah, you might They be right. are now crazy, recorrecting the quarterback market. Key is just as crazy. far as the Baltimore Ravens and Deshaun in Cleveland is concerned. It's just Russell crazy Wilson. to think, Key, that, that Deshaun Watson has $60 million more dollars guaranteed than Russell Wilson. He has, well, gar- well, Wilson has $165 million guaranteed, new five-year deal for $245, $165 guaranteed. It's now a total of seven years, $296 altogether. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, is there more pressure to get the deal done with Lamar now? ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.